That just ministered to me. It really did. <laughs> That's where he wants us, beloved. He, he, he wants us in the place of weakness. He wants us dependent upon him like a little child is to its parents. Let's take this last one over here and I'll jump in. Um, I was um, just uh, thinking about the, the, the nature of the thorn in the flesh yeah. and how... Like the way my mind works and, and the circle of people that I've tended to hang out with in the past, we've always sat there and discussed what was that thorn. But in reality, um, I think it's more important to understand why was that thorn. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, and I think I just just a quick point is just basically how many times we sometimes we ask the wrong question of scripture. Mm. I love the way you ended this. Uh, you're so right, so dead on, I think, with your comments. And it really doesn't matter. They, they've, scholars have been trying to figure this out for centuries. What is the thorn? Some think that maybe it was Paul's eyes that. Maybe he was somewhat blind. Some think Paul suffered from epilepsy. And he had these seizures. But I think what you said is right on. It really doesn't even matter. Paul had a physical ailment. Fine. Why? You know, Ronald Ralheiser, excuse me, I can't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Ronald Ralheiser, he authored Wrestling with God. He penned this thoughtful quote. There is no depth of soul without suffering and pain. I want to say that again because some of you, fell asleep. There is no depth of soul without suffering and pain. And I just want to make sure that I'm in the right room. So I brought a couple of these cards with me. These cards are the cards that some of you guys wrote out on Easter. Jesus, please unlock. And there's no names on it. It's anonymous. So if you hear yours, just don't say anything. <laughs> I mean, really, don't send Lucas any emails. <laughs> As I was going through these, this is the very first one. Remember that quote. Jesus, please unlock my heart. The pain is starting to overtake my heart. Plus, turn it to stone. Jesus, I surrender. I need you. Help me. Jesus, please unlock my heart. Jesus, please unlock my need to feel wanted by others. Jesus, please unlock my grip of impressing 
plus finding affirmation from my parents. Jesus, please unlock my anxiety. Jesus, please unlock my past wounds and my, pa and my anxiety. Jesus, please unlock anxiety. Jesus, please unlock my heart and sinful desires. Jesus, please unlock my insecurities, fear of rejection, past pain, current pain, unworthiness, my inability to love and trust, the hurt and the pain that I experience in my heart, my fear of rejection, my fear of being alone, my need for approval and acceptance, my fear of my emotions, my anxiety, and my anxiety. Sounds like this room is a bit anxious. That was a joke. But for some reason, I believe the devil seeks to deceive us that the longer we walk with God, the more exempt we become to pain and suffering. Can I say that again? Is that all right? Can I give you some instructions real quick before I do that? I, I, I'm responsive. So you talk back to me a little bit and you pull on my anointing a little bit and things start happening. You got me? Amen. That's right. <laughs> so good. I said, for some reason, I believe the devil seeks to deceive us that the longer we walk with God, the more exempt we become to pain and suffering. Isn't that true? I mean, I've been serving him for 20 years. I've been laying down my life for 25, 30 years. I'm coasting. I got a new Rolex and a new house. I'm exempt from all the stuff that you're going through. You're just, you're still a rookie. And I got to tell you, beloved, that my suffering this past year has caused many, probably many of you, great grief. It's actually the last year of my life has been one of the worst years of my life. My wife is here and she could attest to that. I wanted a divorce and didn't know why. I just knew that I wanted out. I hated people and I thought that people hated me. And just because I thought that people hated me, I hated them even more. I couldn't stand to look at my kids, didn't want to spend time with them. It was one of the worst years of my life. Well, you see, 12 years ago, I was diagnosed with several mental illnesses. Bipolar 1, which if, if, if you're familiar with this, you know, there's a bipolar two. I'm bipolar one. 
Bipolar 2 are the people that you know are bipolar. Because they have a continuous record of episodes. They can't hide it. Bipolar 1, it's kind of intermittent. It comes, it goes. I went 10 years in, in almost 10 years in ministry. And I didn't have one episode, but this past year. This past year, it came and it came hard. I also suffer from ADHD. I also, too, I was making the joke about anxiety, but I have social anxiety, so I don't do well in groups like this. I want to be near a door. I want to be in the back. I want to be on a side. So can you imagine having not one, not two, but three mental illnesses operating in your life at the same time can become quite debilitating. And this may not come as a surprise to you. You're probably saying, Tim, I knew it all along. I knew you were nuts. Well, thank you. Now that you got that figured out, <laughs> I got to tell you, over the last 12 years, it's been really hard for me to embrace this reality. In fact, this is only my second or third time standing in front of a group this large and talking about it. Because oftentimes people with mental illnesses hide behind things. We wear several not just one, not just two, but we wear several masks just because of the relentless nature of our pain and our suffering. That's why in this hour we need, to, we need to experience a more tangible expression of the gospel of grace. And that's what this community, this underground community has done for me. Has, has come forth as a tangible expression of the grace of God. See, I shouldn't, stand, I shouldn't be standing here. And there's no need to get into it, but, I sh but, but the grace of God. But the grace of God, because I done pissed some of you off, and I'm probably going to do it again. But God and His grace. But God and his grace. See, the gospel of grace, it implies many things like justice. You hear it all the time. The gospel is about justice. It is about mercy. It is about healing. It is about forgiveness. It is about love, etc., etc. But oftentimes we overlook the aspect of pain and suffering for the sake of Christ. Pain and suffering is a dimension of the gospel. So pain and suffering, 
It was afforded to us through the dispensation of His grace. And I say afforded to us because pain and suffering is indeed a blessing. Here's the single most important idea that I want you guys to leave with or to remember. Is that shared suffering produces intimacy. Can I say that again? Shared suffering produces intimacy with God. Paul said it in Philippians 3, verses 10. Oh, how I long to take part in the fellowship of your suffering, of his sufferings, that I may know him. Look, beloved, you cannot ever, 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 ever say that you know Jesus and you don't know the, or you haven't fellowship with his sufferings. Hebrews tells us that Jesus, that there is no temptation that comes upon us that have not been bestowed upon Jesus himself. So you can't go to Jesus and say, but Jesus, you, don't, you didn't have to deal with this, Jesus. You just had to take them lashes and that cross. Jesus is like, boy, go sit down. <laughs> Single most important idea. Shared suffering produces intimacy with God. And we as a community of missionaries and leaders just need to learn to suffer well. Why? Because there's purpose to your pain. There's purpose to your pain. I prayed and I prayed. And I prayed some more and I said, God, and I even had a little vision in my mind about this day. As this is my final discourse, I don't like saying that, but I'm moving to New York. Maybe I'll come back one day, but as I searched for a word from God. I said, God, give me a word. And the vision I had was uh, 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 you being uh, stirred up and, and shouting and, and dancing and laughing and, and just feeling so over filled with joy. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, suffer well, son. There's purpose to your pain. Are you guys with me? That's good. Though suffering well is no easy feat. Our pain and suffering helps us to experience the grace of God unto understanding our purpose. See, suffering from bipolar 1, ADHD, and social anxiety, that is the real me. That is the real Timothy Wynn. And at the onset of my sickness or sicknesses, I become the sickness. 
The symptoms are not sneezing and coughing. But anger, rage, suicidal thoughts, panic attacks. I don't necessarily have an emotional regulator. I don't think I do. And that affects more than just my affect. The way I look. I got a word uh, the other day at our, the staff did something for me. And I think it was Bree that said, here's something to the effect of, thank you for always exerting joy or something of that sort. And in my mind, I'm like, oh gosh. Oh, gosh, that is really not me. That's really not me. See, I had to, I, I've come to grips with myself. I'm an angry black man. But now I know that my anger is not just because of what happened to my people, but these sicknesses that I have to live with, this, this, this thorn in my flesh. My sickness affects every relationship I'm a part of. That's why I wanted to divorce my wife because for some reason I just couldn't stand her. They like her. And then I found out that it was just the sickness that was talking to me. But it feels so real. It feels so real. I feel like I'm in my right mind. I feel like I know exactly what you're saying about me. There's no mistake in that. But then I find out when I come out of the episode that it was just an episode. So I have a question to you. Maybe you don't suffer from mental illness. But my question is, what is God using in your life to actively move you along in the process of sanctification? What I want to submit to you is, could it possibly be pain? Could it possibly be suffering? Now, we know that sanctification is the process in which we are we are formed or reformed into the image of Christ. And God uses different things. He uses Bible studies. He uses prayer. He uses fasting. But beloved, I want to submit this to you, that he will use your pain and your suffering to move you closer and closer to his son. In fact, your pain and suffering is like Heartbreak Hill. You ran a race all your life, and at the very end of that race, you get to this mount, mountain of a hill. And it's called pain, and it's called suffering, and you're like, God, I don't want to serve these addicts anymore. I don't want to serve these women anymore. I don't want to serve these kids anymore. And the word of the Lord to you today is, beloved, suffer well. There's purpose to your pain. That's a good time to clap right there. What I want to do is I want to share seven lessons quickly that God could be teaching us through the dispensation of his grace. 
specifically suffering. Number one, your pain may be provoked by your purpose. Your pain may be provoked by your purpose. See, there's many of times that I've preached wonderful sermons. I've launched wonderful churches. And right after that, I've thought about driving to the Skyway Bridge and jumping headfirst off of it. And then God comes in and reminds me there's purpose to your pain. Did you think this was going to be a walk in the park? Did you think you were going to take Tampa and experience nothing? Did you think you were going to serve these people and they don't bite you back? <laughs> There's purpose to your pain. Number two. Pain produces a fervent prayer life that may have been stagnant or non-existent. Look, here's what I'm saying in this. You pray, Father, thank you for being who you are. You're a wonderful God. But when you're in pain... And you're suffering. Oh God, here we are. Will you release healing, deliverance? You can do it. <laughs> Look, you might say, I didn't know I could pray like that. And God is like, right, right. There's purpose to your pain. Number three, in our suffering, we learn to value the mercies of God that's given to us each and every day. When, we, when we're in pain, when we're afflicted, when we're suffering, we know what mercy is. Number four, suffering brings us to a place of self-denial and obedience. We don't want to fast until, you know, somebody really, if, 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 until we're suffering. We don't want to fast. We don't want to deny ourselves until we really, really, really have to. Number five, our pain teaches us meekness and humility. Look. Every person, I, I, was, I was at Walmart yesterday, there was a guy in a wheelchair, and he had a neck brace on, and I promise you, he looked like he had to be every bit of 75 years old. And I was just wondering in my mind, man, it's hotter than a mug out here. How the heck did he even wheel himself out here? And he got up a sign, and he's about as humble. Sir, you hungry? Sir, I'll take anything you, you want, you, you have. 
See, because our pain and our suffering, it will cause us to, to be meek. It will cause us to be humble. I like this one, number six. God will use suffering and affliction to reveal the unknown corruption of our own hearts. You will suffer. God, why am I suffering like this? Why? 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 And then you find out that you're a crab. You're like, I never knew I had this in me. And God is like, I did. And then what will he do? See, God will offend our minds to reveal our hearts. He will offend us here mentally. I'm offended that she didn't talk to me. And she won't talk to me. And then all of a sudden you find out that in your heart was conceit. And you only wanted her to talk to you so you could brag about how good you are. Am I right? Number seven, suffering, pain, and afflictions should cause us to press into God's word. It's, a, it's like you're almost left without a choice. Have you ever been going through something? Have you ever been suffering through something? And then all of a sudden you're like, I need, I need, I need, I need my Bible. I need my Bible. I need my Bible. I need a word from God. I need a word from God. And God is like, yes, yes, it is about time. You got to blow the dust off that puppy. <laughs> Here's how I want to close. I want to invite up the worship team and the prayer team. See, for me, I'm tired of hiding. I can't hide anymore. And since I made this decision, I kind of feel what Paul said when he said, I will boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may reside in me. See, the day that I decided that I was going to come and tell you that I'm bipolar and I think about killing myself, there was an explosion in my spirit. And beloved, I got to tell you, it wasn't an explosion of sadness. It was an explosion of gladness. It was an explosion of joy. Even now, as I stand here, I know I know that I got a long road ahead of me and you probably do too but today is the day of judgment today is the day in which you come out of that closet and you realize when you come out that it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to talk to two specific people groups. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up front here. We want to pray for you. See, I still believe in the laying on of hands. I believe that God can deliver you today from your afflictions. Will you have the guts and will you have the courage to stand to your feet? Come on, stand to your feet.